Today's podcast is brought to you by Holiday Inn Club Vacations. 23 Holiday Inn Club Vacation Resorts and destinations across the U.S., including Florida, Texas, and more, are perfect for family vacations and group retreats. The resorts feature spacious villas with separate bedrooms, fully equipped kitchens, living rooms, and private patios and balconies. Select resorts offer signature collection villas with premium appliances, luxurious linens, upgrades, and gaming consoles. Available on-site amenities include championship golf, sparkling pools, delicious restaurants, and more. For more information, visit hcv.vacations.meg and by Pena Streaming Service. Are you looking for new ways to engage your kids during this hectic time of year? Pena is the only audio streaming service for kids ages 3 to 12 that combines podcasts, audiobooks, and music in one app, ad-free, with tons of interactive original podcasts from trivia to audio game shows. There's so much for the family to enjoy together. Pinna is free to try for 30 days. Visit P-I-N-N-A dot F-M slash Meg to start your free trial. For 30 plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 97, and I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. We have a fabulous guest today. Her name is Heidi Powell, and maybe you know Heidi. She is an American fitness guru who came to fame as the co-host of the intense show, Extreme Weight Loss. A mother of four, Heidi strives to maintain the balance in everything she does. She's an inspiration to women, especially mothers, all over the world. From fitness trainer to life coach, from dietitian to confidant, she fits into multiple roles in the competitors' lives and champions each role to the best of her abilities. On social media, she has millions of followers hooked into her Instagram and Twitter feed. After meeting her future husband, Chris, at a self-improvement seminar in 2008, Heidi came to realize that her passion for fitness and the will to change people's lives can actually be turned into a reality. In 2015, Heidi co-authored her first book with her husband titled Extreme Transformation, Lifelong Weight Loss in 21 Days. It shot to the top of the New York Times bestseller list instantly. Heidi contributes regularly to top health magazines besides maintaining a super successful blog of her own. And she's a really nice woman. You're going to love this interview. As always, I will share my points to ponder for you to start using right away. And remember, don't just download the episodes, click subscribe, because then you will join my parenting revolution. and Every new episode will show up in your subscribe list. 
I promise you won't regret it. We are on iTunes and the PGK Podcast is also available on Stitcher and in the Google Play Store. So parents, thanks for listening. This is episode number 97. Stay with us. I want you now to listen in on a conversation I had with Heidi Powell. I know you're really going to enjoy it. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. I've really been looking forward to talking to you. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You are really kind of like a superwoman. You know, I thought, okay, well, what questions do I ask first about the fitness or about being a mom or balancing work? So I thought I'm going to ask them all. <laughs> we might, uh, you know, sort of uh, go in, in some in some different directions here. Let's talk first about your being a fitness guru. Yeah. So Heidi, you became a national fitness guru after hosting Extreme Weight Loss with your husband, Chris. And I imagine after that show, your life must have changed dramatically. Um, what are the biggest challenges that you faced and you and Chris have faced uh, personally since that time? Oh, gosh. So just a heads up, I do get pretty vulnerable, so I, I won't hold back. Um, so I will say, yeah, there have been a lot of challenges since the show aired. And um, just to kind of paint the picture a little bit more, Chris and I, when when the show started, Chris was the actual host of the show. And I was I helped him create the show, mm-hmm. um, but I was more behind the scenes. So I, I was more, I'm an emotional life coach. He's more of a scientific coach. Um, and so the difference was, was great. And he was always more of an on-camera personality, did really, really well. Um, uh, uh, shining in front of the spotlight. So they would have him go around and shoot with all these people. But Chris had never before trained more than one person at a time. It had mm. been, it, yeah, just that one. And so all of a sudden it was eight, then 16, then 32 when the seasons overlapped. And so he very, very quickly became overwhelmed. So I, from about two months into the first season, I was behind the scenes in Arizona running a boot camp where I would bring all of the problem children. I would instruct them. I would teach them because shooting a show for Chris was a very full-time job, just the on-camera part of it. And the truth is the magic happened off screen. Um, and, and I was the one who was lucky enough to get to experience most of that with the people. Um, and then he would get the incredible interaction on screen and he would have these amazing relationships with them, but our relationships were so different. So when that happened, I, I was I was pregnant with our third child when season one aired. The baby actually, I, I Cash was born right around the time that season one aired. Um, my dad had just died. So there were a lot of changes in my life. It was like suddenly this relationship that I had with my um, husband and my best friend shifted dramatically um, because he was no longer there with me. I was now this single mom of two kids from my prior marriage, my new child, dealing with my dad's you know death running, you know, this boot camp with all these people. So my life was really um, chaotic, but I, I thrive on pressure. So it was, but it was hard to see that shift. And it was hard to go places and to have my husband be um, so needed and wanted by so many people because these, they saw him changing lives on camera mm-hmm. and they saw just, just the, the kindness and the compassion. And it's like, they almost, people thought, you know, and he, he was flooded with people flooded. They thought coming up to him and, you know, touching him would like change their life. It was very much, <laughs> um, it was an interesting thing to see and to witness. And he really was and is amazing. Um, but for a while, the hardest part for me was seeing this, sh- uh, it was the shift 
and and not it, it was trying to recreate a balance with our family mm-hmm. because when we were out in public, suddenly um, it, it was very important that he was to these people what they wanted him to be, mm-hmm. um, and I knew I needed to be supportive of that. Um, I knew I needed to take on the burden, like the the extra load with the family. Um, so I think that might have been the hardest thing. Then, then from there, as I started getting more on screen time, which I didn't ever expect, it was really, really a challenging thing for me. Um, but the the producers saw what was happening behind the scenes, and they wanted to bring it to life and show the world just the dynamic between husband and wife, and really a family engagement, you know, and how we transform lives. Um, that the hardest part from there was um, again, it's it's any balance shift within a marriage and a relationship um, is going to be challenging. And it's like when when my, um, I, I hate to say this word, but star power began to grow, mm-hmm. it did throw off that shift, that balance that we had before. And it was like suddenly, you know, this behind the scenes person, oh my gosh, stuff's about Heidi. And Chris, Chris and I both struggled with that. And it was, you know, just trying to find, family's most important to me. And trying to create that balance or f- while we were of making a mark on the world that we both wanted to make and we felt so blessed to make, um, that was that was and still is our biggest challenge. How long had you been married before um, all of this happened? Because you were pregnant with your third baby. Yes. And you're, you're growing this business. And it sounds like you kind of stepped into a role that you never anticipated stepping yeah. into. Yeah. So you had some real major life changes. Had you been married I long did. when all this came about? You know, Chris and I, um, so we, interesting story. <laughs> we have a really interesting story. We had been together for about two and a half years. Uh, married, actually, we only got married and we, we, we originally never planned to get married um, because we just felt like we were best friends and life partners and we didn't want to rock that boat um, until Chris wanted a baby. And I had said, and he's like, you know, do we need to get married? Do we need, and you don't need to, you know, of course, but for me, because I had two kids in a prior marriage, um, it was really important to me uh, Mm -hmm. that they see a marriage. Um, And again, there's no right or wrong. There really is not. But for me, it was important that they had that example in their life. So I said, I'll, we'll have a baby, but you need to marry me first. So we had gotten married. We got married right before season one started shooting. So we had only been married for a year together for two and a half years when all of, all of these changes started happening. Yeah. And now you're, you're, your parents together, we you are. love one another, and you're working together, and um, that can be challenging in itself. Now, you're more than a fitness advocate. You, It seems that you have a heart to do greater things with people. You know, you don't just come in and say, okay, eat this and do this and do this, and life will be good. You help women accept themselves, their body type. You fight against eating disorders. Is that hard for you in an industry that's so focused on body image? That's a really good question. And actually, before I got into the fitness industry, again, because I was in it right out of high school, I trained, I took a break, a long break, and I got into real estate and transforming people's credit and their lives through helping them buy a home. So it was different. Um, But getting back into it and and knowing that I was going to be put on camera, um, having had a decade-long eating disorder, I did worry that my progress in healing 
would be um, almost washed away. And, and I possibly would go back into caring what people thought about my body and, and worrying about that. But I will say it didn't. It actually only made it better for me. Um, it was all a part of my healing process as I got to be, learn the power of vulnerability and sharing my story. And I got to realize that who I am and who I was was no different than who the people that we worked with are and were. So they may have been 400 pounds and I was 110 pounds at the time. Um, but our, our disorders were the same. Yeah. Like we both struggled and we hit our emotions with food. And for me, it was binging and purging. And for them, it was just binging. So their, their addiction was more apparent than mine was like their problems were there, but the emotions and the pain and the struggle was, was very similar. So that's what helped bond me with the people to begin with. Um, but then as far as has it been tough? It, it actually has not been. And I'll tell you why. It's because I, my family existed before the show. I didn't have a Facebook account, not none. I had zero social media before I went on television. I didn't have, you know, I don't even know it was big back then. I didn't even know what a MySpace page was. Yeah. So that outside noise um, has, has always been secondary to me. Um, it, it's my, f- I'm so busy with now my four kids and, and, and the people in my, like the people on the show who became my best friends. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to actually listen to what people were saying. And if I caught something, I, I could never connect, um, because it was virtual. Mm-hmm. I, I always had a hard time realizing, okay, 200,000 people follow me. Like, I don't even know. I can't even conceptualize that. So what they're saying didn't really matter if it was hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I, and I do really have a passion for, I love fitness. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I only got back into fitness because I saw the life changes Chris was creating. Mm-hmm. And, and to be frank, like I, I didn't even get into that first. I saw Chris hadn't filed taxes in four years. He, his credit was crap. He was living out of his car when I met him, all yeah. these things that I'm a fixer. Yeah. Meg, so yeah. I saw him and I wanted to help him. And part of helping him was helping these businesses that were rooted in fitness. And I loved fitness. Um, and then I realized that I could help fix these other people and help show them their power. And I could show them the light that I knew existed inside of them um, and, and help them help bring out their greatness. And so it, to me, yeah, there, there really isn't much of a struggle, um, in what I do because there's so much passion behind it. And, and I know my priorities, my priorities are my people and my family. Yeah. I love it. And I also love that you, uh, talked about the similarity of, uh, the pain and eating disorders, the cause of eating disorders, whether you're overeating, binging and purging or starving. And at the root of it, of course, because I, I deal with a, a number of uh, eating disordered girls, is a self-hatred. You you can't yeah. accept yourself. You don't like who you are. And so you're trying to cover this pain. Would you yeah. see because say, because you've seen a lot of people go from very, very heavy to a, a, a normal weight, would you say that the bulk of your work is in telling them what to do or is it more psychological? Like, you know, here's who you are and here's who you can be. And 
what what's the balance there between saying okay get on the elliptical for 15 minutes a day and only eat carrots and cottage cheese versus i don't know if this is what you do versus versus okay let's sit down and talk about you know who you are and what your life is all about um do you do that or do you have a psychologist or somebody else who does that that's that's such a good question and um i i think to most people's surprise uh what we do and what I've always done, it is 99.9% psychological and emotional. Mm -hmm. It is. And now to the outside world, they see weight loss. And yeah, in order to lose weight, um, physiologically, you you must burn more calories than you consume on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, obviously, scientifically, we know that has to happen. But we've always said there's a difference between transformation and weight loss. Transformation, it, I, I'll say weight loss is calories in, calories out. It's exactly that. It's what most trainers do. It's what you learn in your certification. Um, transformation, though, it is, is permanent. Weight loss can come and go. Most of the time when people learn how to eat and they lose the weight, hit a goal, they gain it back. Mm-hmm. They yo-yo. It's because there's they've never figured out why they gained the weight in the first place. They never realized that it's... You know, like they never realize the simple thing that the plan that you're on has to be sustainable forever or your goal will never be attainable long term. And so it's these little things. And they never realize that if you don't love yourself now before you start reaching for your goal, you're never going to love yourself at the end. You know, and it's there. It it really is rooted, Meg, in self-love. It is. And so what we do, the transformation game is focusing on yourself. It's about integrity. It's doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, not to everybody else, but to yourself for the very first time, because we get so used to over the years, we've tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed at everything we've done. All of these diets, it's like 2015, this is my year, 2016, this is my year, 2017, and it goes on and on. And it's even something so simple as telling yourself you're going to wake up at six o'clock every morning and you're going to hit the treadmill for 30 minutes and then you hit snooze. It's like all of these broken promises, they chip away at, at our dignity, how we feel about ourselves and, and our integrity is completely broken. And when we don't feel good about ourselves, when we don't believe we can do something, we're not going right. to do it. And, and after a while, after so many broken promises, we stop making the commitments to, and for sure out loud, we stop telling people we're going to commit to this diet or this diet. And, and eventually we stop committing to ourselves because we don't feel like we can actually right. do it. And so helping our people see that first, and we're, we're not psychologists. I don't have any kind of a degree in anything like that. Um, and we do have, so on our show and even in our private like practices now, we do recommend and we do, we always did have psychiatrists and psychologists on board to help us out with that and to help the people out. Um, but it, it, I, I always would say, being a transformation specialist is not the same as being a trainer. A transformation specialist, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm a trainer, but I'm also a financial advisor. I'm a best friend. I'm a hairstylist. I'm a shoulder to cry on. I'm, you know, I'm a mover. I will literally come move your house for you. It's I am what I need to be to teach these people Mm -hmm. how to change their lives. And I'm coaching them all along the way. And that that's that is my passion right there. So funny because your passion is very similar to my passion. I'm sitting here thinking that as a pediatrician, oh. you know, and and I told you this off air, but um, 
you know, one of the best things that I can do for kids is to help their parents. And a lot of that starts with the heart. You know, it, if I can sort of reach into yes. their heart and see what they're thinking and see what they're feeling and how they can use that yeah. to grow closer to their kids and build that relationship, I don't have anything to worry about. And and it's it really yeah. is very interesting, and um, I love love that part of my work. I mean, I can of course hand out insulin and antibiotics and suture people and that kind of a thing, just like you could give yeah. them an exercise program. But the real rewarding thing is, you know, seeing a thirteen year old who's just out of control working with them, and then you see them ten years later, and they come up to me in a restaurant, and oh. I don't even recognize them because. They look so good. And, you know, the, the reward in a business like that, like you and I have, and there's so many similarities, is, is really tremendous. Parents, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Heidi. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Heidi Powell. Parents, get mouth-watering seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They make cooking at home fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or even 20 minutes with their quick recipe options. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and family-friendly recipes Every week, they've got more five-star recipes than any other meal kit, so you'll get something delicious and can finally break out of your dinner rut. HelloFresh is designed to fit your lifestyle. Easily change your delivery days or food preferences and skip a week whenever you need. HelloFresh can also help you eat more sustainably. In fact, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. Friends, I have used HelloFresh frequently, and I love it. And I'm a cook. I love HelloFresh because everything is pre-packaged, ready to go, and the recipes are phenomenal. Go to HelloFresh.com slash PGK10 and use code PGK10 during HelloFresh's New Year's sale for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash PGK10 and code PGK10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. TeenCounseling.com connects your 13 to 19-year-old with a licensed professional counselor right where they spend most of their time, on their smartphone. The process starts by completing a short questionnaire to help them understand your relationship with your teen and their specific needs. You'll then be matched with a skilled therapist in teencounseling.com's network of specialists who will be available to start communicating within 24 hours. You'll have the opportunity to review their credentials and directly communicate with a counselor to make sure it's a good fit. Then, once you approve, the counselor and your teen will begin communicating directly. Teen Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so it's easy and free to change counselors if needed. 
It's also more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available. So visit teencounseling.com slash Meg and help your teen take charge of their mental health with the health of an experienced professional. Parenting great kids with Dr. Meg Meeker listeners can get 10% off their first month at teencounseling.com slash Meg. I wanted to turn the corner for a couple minutes and talk about the fact that you and Chris have a blended family. So not only do you work together and do you have children together and are your passions very similar, (laughs) now you're parenting biologic children and stepchildren. So how do the two of you make that work so that all four kids feel loved? You know, I I have to say, and I have to give credit to Chris, um, he has done such a phenomenal job. He's done such a phenomenal job doing his best to, to, to create balance between all four of the kids. Now, when before he and I had kids together, um, the step parent side was really, really difficult for him. Um, he didn't understand why they couldn't, you know, love him as much as they loved me or their their real dad. It just didn't make a lot of sense. And and it was a lot easier for him to say, oh, my gosh, Maddox is acting up, this and that. And it's like, OK, this is just how kids are this age. Here's how we deal with it. It's not until we had our own biological children that a lot of that started clicking for him because he went when you jump into a child's life when they're four years old um, and you're missing those first three years, it is really hard to understand why, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like a, a baby learning to run before it crawls or walks, you know, it just mm-hmm. you can't, it's you're missing so many developmental steps. And the same goes for being a parent when you're jumping in at a place. Um, you're, you're not going to understand completely, you're not going to be your best until you can actually experience those steps for yourself. And that really having cash and Ruby cash is now at eight, and Ruby's five um, has been so helpful for him, but it has taken and I all credit does belong to him as far as making them feel evenly loved. Because for me, they are all for mine. I love, I always say I have, I have favorites and I have four favorites. Like they, they are all Mm -hmm. my favorite and they are all so incredible. And I, I am the luckiest mom on earth for the kids that I have. I really, really, really mean that. Um, But for Chris, it's been like, you know, and he's very open to me when I say, Hey, you know, how you've been with cash. I, Maddox hasn't said anything, but here's what Maddox might be feeling. Um, I don't know if you want to spend extra time with Maddox. And he's been so great at like, gosh, you know what? You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm going to take Maddox to a game. So he's just a lot of that um, as a step parent walking into a marriage like that, or walking into a relationship where kids exist before is knowing that you don't know it all. And oh, Chris yeah. has been a shining example of that. And he's been so open to anything I've given him. So the parenting side of it, he and I have pretty, I mean, it's been cl- not seamless, but pretty darn close to seamless. That's fabulous. You know, it reminds me the Hebrew word for teacher and learner is the exact same thing. So for Chris to be such a good dad, you have to be willing to learn, to hear what you're saying, and then to be able to do it and to teach it. And I think some parents are really shut down about, you know, learning what they need to do. They just know, I'll I'll kind of do it on my own. So if, if, there are, and I'm sure there are step parents listening to us. What our 
say the the three most important things that you and Chris did as partners to smooth the transition for yourselves and for your kids, all four of them? I would say the most important thing um, is respecting the biological parent. Um, Chris was incredible at knowing and understanding from day one that Derek was Maddox and Marley's biological father. Sorry, I do get a little emotional about this. So I'll try not to sure. cry. No, no, no. It really fine. is. Um, yeah. it's, it's something like, you know, a lot of step parents will come in and they sometimes want to make their mark and they want to be the parent. Um, Chris has always genuinely respected Derek and who he is and, and accepted him with his strengths and his weaknesses. And so that that's very important just for Derek to know that. Um, and then secondarily, I would say making sure that my kids, all four of them, never hear me or Chris speak an ill word about any of the step parent or each other. I think that's really, really important because I, you know, so many relationships, blended families that I've seen where a lot of the turmoil comes in is when there's a lot of talk Mm -hmm. about the parents, the other parents and what's happens at their homes. And, and, and to, for us, we've had to learn to be very respectful of how the other dad, how Derek parents at his house, whether it's different than us or the same, it's the way that he does it. And we respect it and we abide by his rules and we support him 100%. And he's been really great on our side doing the same thing. Um, and I think the the last thing I would say is it's consistency and not taking things personally is super important. Um, it, like I said, it was hard for Chris for a while to not take personally that Maddox and Marley didn't know how they felt about him in their lives. Um, and they were pretty shut down to him for a while. And Chris at first would kind of say, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. You know, and almost like walk, not that he would really walk away, but just throw his arms up. And I, I would say, listen, even if they don't act like they love you back, the more love you can give them consistently, Mm -hmm. that that consistency is going to be everything. Like if Marley doesn't, if she gives you side hugs, don't reciprocate with a side hug. Don't mock the side hug. Give her a full hug. Because at some point, you know, she'll realize that you do love her. And that's been, I mean, he and I have been together for 11 years now. And it's, it's been a process, even within the past five, just doing that. And, but that's the same with his own kids. You know, Ruby, my daughter, because she sees his relationship with Maddox and Marley, she went through a phase where she didn't want much to do with her dad. Yeah. And I would say, don't take it personally. Don't get upset by it. Don't show her you're upset. You can vent to me. Don't show her. Just keep loving her. Yeah. Keep loving her. Don't make her feel guilty. And I'm not kidding you. They have the most beautiful little relationship between a father and a daughter. And it was just because when he was hurt, he kept loving her. Mm -hmm. And eventually she knew it was real. You know, it takes a lot of maturity to be a great parent. And, you know, your advice sounds like you're jumping off the pages of my books. Oh, does it? Oh, because (laughs) one of the things that I hammer all the time, because I don't think that divorced parents or step parents really understand the power of words. And if they could yeah. just make a simple change, extremely hard change, to never bash the other parent 
to your children because that drives kids away from you. It drives kids away from the parent that you're criticizing. And it's a no win for everyone. It creates a lot of, uh, it creates a tremendous amount of pain. And then, and I think, I find that dads in particular take their kids very personally, particularly their daughters. Yeah. And they get their feelings hurt. You know, the daughter's 13. She's been wonderful and lovely and sits on her dad's lap. And then one day she comes down to breakfast and she looks at him and makes this face like, who are you? Disgusting <laughs> yeah. person. Don't yeah. touch me. And dads go, oh, I must be a disgusting person. Okay, oh. I won't hug you back. Because dads, oh. you know, they're like, okay, here's the problem. You don't like me. Okay, I'll go away. Mothers don't yeah. do that. We go, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we go, are you having your period? What's the deal? <laughs> you know, but, but yes. we know it's not about us. But dads are exquisitely sensitive to their children. So I think those two points alone, I really want parents to even rewind the past five minutes of our podcast and listen to what Heidi just said, because that's how you love your stepchildren and your biologic children, and you help strengthen their relationship with you, their relationship with a step-parent, and their relationship with the other biologic parent who they need terribly. Yes. And and mothers yes. will say to me, yeah, but you don't know. You haven't met my husband. He is such a jerk. And I say, you know what? Wait a minute. I have met your husband. I've met thousands of husbands. And I don't yeah. care. He's made a lot of mistakes yeah. and you can leave him, but your kids can't. That yeah, I mean, you just said something. It's and and this is something Chris and I have always talked about. It's we all need our and gosh, I try not to get emotional, but we all need our super human, our super parent. We need our superman. We need our superwoman. And I do I know Derek's faults? Yes. Does Derek, my ex husband, know my faults? Absolutely. Um, have we gone through ups and downs and highs and lows? Yes. But what we found through all of it is I do know that my kids need to see Derek for the Superman that he is because he, he might make mistakes just like I do. But at the end of the day, he loves those two kids more than he loves anything else in his world. And those kids, when, when our relationship has not been good, when Chris and I have been at odds with Derek for any reason, and no matter how big or small it is, it affects Maddox and Marley. It does like it affects our kids and they're not as happy and they're clingier and more insecure and they're, they, they struggle in school. It just, it goes into everything. And then it actually ends up affecting our family dynamic and mine and Chris's two little kids because their older siblings aren't well. And it's just, it is when, when we are in um, sync and we, there's some harmony between us. It is such a beautiful thing. And it's something where it's like, gosh, if every co-parenting relationship could be this strong and you could just let go of the things that bug you. Cause yeah, is he a jerk sometimes? Maybe. I mean, everyone has their own stories about their exes, but if we can just put them aside and put our kids first and think, what right. do they need? It, it makes And us what all they so much need happier. is for parents to really attend to their needs and do the right thing. Not and, and a lot of yes. parents will say that say, Yeah, my you know, my kids come first, my kids come first, and then they haul off and they criticize the other parent or they, it was that's not putting your kids first. And I think that we could no, really no, um not. you know change our kids' lives. We only have a couple minutes left, Heidi. You have lived 
um, and are living an extraordinary life. You've overcome an eating disorder. Um, you've worked with your husband on a highly successful show. You've got an enormous business. You're a very public figure. Um, and, and incidentally, for those listening, it, there, I've li- worked with a lot of gals with eating disorders. You never advise them to go work in a nutrition field. Or, 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 you know, exercise because, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like an alcoholic working at a bar. You know, you just kind of stay away. So you, you, I mean, that's extraordinary that you've jumped into that field and you've also, um, you know, working with your husband and then parenting, uh, blended family together is an extraordinary, um, is an extraordinary task. Of those things that I just outlined, what has been the hardest for you and what has been your secret to happiness and success in all those? And you could just even pick one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've listed it, but I will say that the biggest struggle in our life in all the areas is actually um, mine and Chris's personal relationship. And it is hard because there's so many um, moving parts and, and so many things that we've made a priority when we came together, my kids and our vision, Chris's vision at the time, were our priorities. And that's kind of what we dove into and what our friendship and our relationship was based around. Um, and so then down the road, because it wasn't until down the road, adding in a, a romantic dynamic, um, I will say it's always been a little bit out of balance. And for us, it's like sometimes, and, and I, I think this is where it's important that people understand and realize that balance for one person okay. and what works in one person's life is completely different than balance in another person's life yes. works for them. And we've had to, we've struggled because we've tried to fit the social norm. And we're like, gosh, our relationship isn't like everybody else's. We don't do date night. And when we do, we talk about work and we talk about the kids. And and we've just, over the past year or two, we've kind of accepted. It's like, gosh, you know what, though? It doesn't matter. What brought us together is are these two things. And we find so much joy and so much fulfillment and so much love when we can focus on our power, our mm-hmm. synergistic power together in these two areas. Um, so for us being okay. We've had, we've had to learn to be okay with our marriage, maybe not being as strong in the world's eyes as we feel like it should be, but that our marriage in our vision and us changing the world and our marriage and how we co-parent and our marriage with the other people, like those are the things that are most important to us. Um, that, that, and that's been a challenge for us is, mm-hmm. you know, trying not to fit the social norm and realizing that our relationship is exactly what it needs to be. And that's okay. Like it doesn't matter kind of how it compares to somebody else's. Well, and the good news is this, that, um, you know, your marriage dynamic and your relationship and communication is constantly changing. So what yes. your marriage is today, is going to be very different from what it is in 10 or 20 years. Oh, yeah. So Heidi, it has been so wonderful chatting with you. Where can people uh, find out more about you, um, connect with you? Yeah, of course. So on social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, I'm at Real Heidi Powell, R-E-A-L, and then H-E-I-D-I-P-O-W-E-L-L. And then my website is HeidiPowell.net. Awesome. Thank you. This has been so much fun. And I know that every listener is going to take away um, one or two or three or four, some really important nuggets. So thanks for being with me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Now on to my points to ponder. One, pick a health plan 
that works for you. You know, often we fail to begin losing weight or exercising because we believe that nothing will work. We feel that everyone else can get healthy except for us. Those of us who hate exercise, and there are many, often don't begin to start on a healthy track because they're convinced that exercise will be miserable. But that isn't true. And neither is it true that everyone else can lose weight but us. The reason we're not getting on the right health track is because we haven't found the diet or exercise form that works for us. We follow everyone else's plan. And when we fail to make a health plan unique to ourselves, then we risk not being successful. So this new year, take your time to figure out what diet and what exercise works for you. Two, be patient. You know, Heidi is not only a fabulous motivator, but she's one who believes that each one of us should extend grace to ourselves. If we want to make lifelong changes, we need to be patient with ourselves. If we mess up, fall away from our diet or exercise routine, then we need to leave these in the past and move forward. Being patient with ourselves is hard, but each one of us deserves it. Three, be a good role model. One of the most important reasons that we parents must be healthy is to leave a good example for our kids. If our kids struggle being overweight, simply telling them to lose weight and exercise won't do it. They must be shown how to get healthy and they need someone to join them as they work on their health. If your child doesn't have a weight issue, great. Your health plan will keep him or her from becoming unhealthy because of your example. All right, parents, let's get social. I love hearing from you and I want to interact with you. We have so many great questions coming in. And as a matter of fact, I want to work harder to answer many more. And that's why I'm creating my Meeker Parenting community so I can spend more time answering your questions. My first question comes from Estevan. Hello, Dr. Meeker. I'm reaching out because I've become more and more concerned with my four-year-old. He has a very short list of items, clothing especially, that he's willing to wear to go to school. He has about five or six shirts and about five or six pairs of shorts that he wears. Once those are dirty and not available anymore, he refuses to wear anything else, and it becomes a source of tremendous stress. He does similar things with his toys and cups. Should I be concerned he's starting to demonstrate OCD behavior? What a wonderful question, Esteban. At this point, I would not be concerned about your son. Here's why. Kids obsessing about certain items of clothing and certain shorts, shirts, pants, pajamas, whatever, is very common. As a matter of fact, I'm going through it with our um, two-year-old granddaughter right now. It's extremely frustrating. As a matter of fact, sometimes she won't change out of her pajamas, so we just take her to the store in her pajamas. Here's what I encourage you to do. Take your son to the store, have him pick out um, a couple more shirts and a couple more pairs of shorts, or go out and Get him another set of the shirts and shorts he already has. Take everything else out of his closet that he won't wear. If he wants to wear something and it isn't clean, let him wear it dirty. It's okay. It's better for him to go out and to go to school with a dirty shirt on than in and his pajamas. 
Try not to let this frustrate you too much because nine times out of 10, behavior like this in kids, particularly young kids, does pass. If you find it persists when he's five and six and seven, then I would talk to your pediatrician about it. But right now, don't worry about it being OCD behavior. Just believe it's normal kid behavior and it's a phase that will pass. Parents, you know that I love answering your questions, so please keep sending them in to me. You can email me any question to askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, askmeg at megmeekermd.com. And remember, be on the lookout for our Meeker Parenting Community. It's going to be starting very soon. And in that community, I'm going to answer a lot more questions. I want to thank my guest, Heidi Powell. Check out her book, check out her website, her Instagram, and her Twitter feed. Now, let's recap my points to ponder. One, pick a health plan that works for you. Two, be patient. And three, be a good role model. So until next time, parents, remember, great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Thanks for listening, and because of your dedication to raising great kids, Dr. Meg's Parenting Revolution has grown to over 3 million downloads. Head on over to Facebook and Twitter and follow at Meg Meeker MD, and check out what's new at MegMeeker.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to stay updated and get information about giveaways. Don't forget to share the podcast with other parents, subscribe so you won't miss anything, and leave us a review so we know how we're doing.